Breathe in Space, Fade in Frontier contains adult language and situations, including alcohol use and romantic relationships. This episode includes a brief description of eugenics and crimes against humanity. Additional sensory contact warnings can be found in the show notes. I ain't got no home to go to, ain't got nothing to sell, but my stars will never leave me, even when I'm sold to hell. I was born under a blue sky and I'll die out in the black. When I'm gone, don't no one mourn me, cause my debts will drag me back. In the aftermath of the earliest Mars revolts, their stated purpose was to preserve the continuity of humanity's genetic diversity within very specific definitions. As such, they objected to separation of humanity into what they called artificial divisions based on distance rather than racial or ethnic phenotype, which means, in practice, that they opposed the creation of an independent Mars, self-governance for the belts, and unregulated emigration to extraterran settlements. In brief, the patriots wanted to recreate the so-called pure bloodlines of pre-20th century America by allowing only one racial group per habitat in the hopes of kickstarting what they dubbed the Third Renaissance. Mm, how is that supposed to work? Class, what do you think? Maybe they thought an oppressive regime would create the conditions that would result in accelerated growth to support a rebellion? Mm-mm, that wouldn't happen. Why not, Mr. Finn? Well, enters love rules. You might be a little more politic with your phrasing, but the basic idea is correct. No, the intent wasn't to create a hothouse for development. Any other ideas? No? Well, the thought here was that since some racial groups were more intelligent than others, communities that were entirely that superior group would develop more quickly than they did when they were of mixed groups. The planetary patriots were one of the many radical Terran loyalist groups that emerged immediately pre-Martian liberation. Unlike many of the others, such as the Brotherhood or the Knights of Heimdall, they operated openly, even styling themselves as a political party. While they held a great deal of power for a short period of time, they didn't exactly have the most thoughtful forward planning. Really, their motivations were fairly standard. What makes this group stand out is that they were so public and so well accepted. While the vast majority of the leaders of the Patriots were also members of more militant groups, most notably Agio Holder, police chief of Greater San Angeles and president of the Brotherhood, and Morpheus Nazar, who served two terms in the United States Senate while concurrently acting as Jarl of the Knights of Heimdall during the period when the vast majority of their atrocities were committed, they managed to maintain a facade of respectability that none of the other violently pro-Terran groups did. Though the planetary patriots decried violence and terrorism publicly, and in the media, they were also clear and forthright about their terror-first stances, and the fact that they believed militants to be ideologically correct, if misguided in practice. Ah, and we're about out of time for the day. I'll see you all next week, and don't forget, your papers on the Terran Fossil Fuel Wars are due on the 27th. Beck, my god, I had no idea you were here. It's good to see you. How long's it been, anyway? Ten years?
What brings you to Ganymede? I, I didn't think the Navy let people get this far out of Terra's orbit. Lucian Carrington's alive, and I know where to find him. The report came over my desk a week ago. It was pure luck that I was the one that saw it, not one of the other S1s. They would have just paid the invoice and kept going, but it's a fairly unique combination of drugs. He wouldn't still be using it after all this time, would he? The treatments for menis casomyelitis have surely evolved in 15 years. I guess they could have. I wouldn't know. But he's been in the black for at least most of that time, Syed. I don't think he'd have had much chance to titrate off them and get on something else. Not if he'd wanted to do it safe. And I don't think Carrington would be willing to risk it. Besides, I followed up. How would he have even ended up with the Navy anyway? He, he's still a wanted man in the primary jurisdictions. I don't know why he'd risk coming into a place controlled by either Heliotime or Stereotime Law. Much less take up a contract with the Terran-based military. He's not using the same name. Still, don't you people do, I don't know, background checks? Something? We do, on the people the paperwork says we're hiring. There. Then I stand by the assertion that it couldn't be him. There's no way that he'd pass even the most cursory. Lucien, you've been in that ivory tower they call a university way too long. You can't have forgotten the Navy's unofficial policy of looking the other way when what's on the page doesn't quite match what's off it, as long as everything's working in their favor, or no one's complained about it if it's not. That's how we worked with them for so long, remember? It isn't that I've forgotten, Luna. It's that I've wanted to. They were some of the best years of my life, but they're also home to some of my most painful memories. All right. For the sake of argument, let's assume this is him. Where is he? Neptune. He set himself up in a mining rig. Looks like he either rehabbed it or stole it from someone who did, because it's not registered as an actual inhabited facility anywhere. What the hell is he doing at a mining station? Mining? He's got himself a small army of voluntary unpaid employees and a damn good refinery output. Then why... All right. Continuing to entertain the possibility, as I said I would. If he's mining Neptune, I can't see a reason his medication orders would show up on a Navy admin officer's desk back on Terra. The military has a habit of designating particularly useful materials providers as subcontractors. For the price of official recognition, a title, and the occasional order of hard-to-get supplies, they avoid all the pesky red tape and bothersome paper-generating regulations that normally apply to the imports. Make him part of the chain of command and you can bypass every one of the steps that raises both the price and the amount of time it takes to receive goods from the outer system. Oh. All right. I'm assuming you know where to find Jonas. When do we leave? Hydroponics, about ten years ago. Used to run freelance for the Terran military. Cousin to Victor Coruscant. Please wait. Could he have transferred to another ship? He hasn't been in communication with you, either, has he? Would they tell us if he had? I haven't had much contact with the Peregrination, and I don't know how- It's possible. No, I haven't. 
and that depends on what kind of impression we've made. Please identify yourselves and your business with the ship and the individual in question. Lucien Saeed, Professor of Terran History and Cultural Studies, University of Guinea. Our business is with Victor Skin. At this time, I am not able to transfer you to- I didn't fly three quarters of the way to the Kyber Belt and through four clouds of solar cosmic rays and a coronal mass ejection to be given the runaround by some parry airlock keeper who- Luna, she's asking for your name. That's all. She damn well doesn't need it. She can put me through to Jonas without it. It's likely just protocol, you know. I don't give a damn about protocol. Lieutenant Commander Luna Beck, Northern Republic of States Navy. I will pass your names to the relevant- That's alright, Helen. Kirsty, they could be- Nah. Bit of a surprise to find the two of you at the airlock. Is there a unit reunion I didn't know about? Or are you gonna tell me my invitation got lost in the mail? Jonas? Kirsty. Retired Jonas, and everything that went with him a while ago. About ten years, as it happens. Life's too short to pretend to be some of you or not. Guess I probably should have calmed. I imagine you should have. I would have liked to keep in better touch. I bet you would have. Without you to keep him on his toes, Lucien's gotten even more boring. Oh, now, I did not- Kirsty, are you sure I should let- I'm sure. But- Sending you docking codes now? Come on board. We'll catch up. A lot's happened since I saw you last. That does seem to be the case. Kirsty, I don't think... Uh, they could be... It's alright, Helen. After all, you're talking to Backbreaker Beck and the Professor. Scourge of the system and two of the people responsible for finally stamping out the last of the Knights of Heimdall. Kirsty. Like the main character in The Abandoned of Earth. I've always liked the sound of it. It's not my fault. It also happened to be used in a seminal coming-of-age classic hollow. Besides, no one younger than at least 40 is going to catch that reference. We just got old. Well, regardless as to the referential nature of the name, you're looking very well. Thank you. All things considered, I think the life of a free trader has suited me. Which does lead to the fart in the airlock, doesn't it? Not that I'm not glad to see both of you. I am, but why am I seeing both of you? Well, there's some new information that's come to light regarding- We're going to kill Carrington. I think I'm going to need to sit down. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we'd agreed he was dead. That the decompression of Tethys Station had killed him. I didn't agree. Not then, not now. Yeah, but you've had a fatalistic streak a mile wide back then. Seems like you still do. We watched him get pulled out of the hole in the hull. Are you really going to tell me he what? Got rescued? Survived somehow in the vacuum? You know he didn't really have those superpowers he claimed, right? I don't know how. All I know is that he did. So you've seen him? No. You've heard his voice? No. Then what? How are you so sure? Lucian, help me out here. I know Beck's the logician, but you're a damn professor. You can't.
can't tell me you're going to just uproot your entire life over a few drugs on a shipping manifest and some coincidences. Well, Beck has collected the data and analyzed the possibility that this is the correct reading of- It's him, Victorskin. God knows I wish it weren't, but it is. You don't want to be involved, don't want to uproot your life. I would understand. It's been a long time. You've got ties here. Family. I wouldn't blame you if you don't want to risk throwing away your life on some kind of bloody quest that might not even have a chance of succeeding. But it's him. And this may be the only chance we have to make him pay for killing... for what he did to Nev. And all the others. And I will make him pay. Well, it has been good to see you, Kirsty. I wish we had a little more time to catch up. It has been a long time. Perhaps when this is done, we might find a time to have dinner. Talk. If we're still alive. You are looking well. All of my best wishes to you and your family. But as we're on a rather tight schedule, we really must I'll be- I'll come. What? I'll come with you. Can't lie to myself hard enough to believe you're wrong. Though, damn, but I want to. And there's no way I'm letting you two idiots charge in half-cocked and getting yourselves killed. Beck, you look like you haven't done a high-graph PT course in years. And Saeed, just because you sit behind a desk all day, doesn't mean you shouldn't be ready for action. So I guess the squad's back together. One last monster to kill. But we're taking my ship. And Nev just looks at her and says, Of course, but what am I supposed to do with the other hydrogen compressor? (laughs) (laughs) Nev never could pass up a straight line. Despite saying he had absolutely no sense of humor. You were the one with no sense of humor, if I recall correctly. Don't appear to have grown one either. Now, that isn't at all accurate. In fact, I happen to know a very good joke about a no-go, a vaquero, and a bubble heiress who all meet on a ship doing the series run. that is one of the oldest jokes. Another solar flare? I swear they're happening more frequently. Used to be you'd fly for weeks without having to worry about adjusting for radiation flux. You sure the Damocles can handle it, Kirsty? She can, but it's not a flare. That's the proximity warning. Luna, can you jump on the scanner? Got it. We'll be within scanning proximity of Neptune in a little less than an hour. Powering down main engines. We'll hold this position for now. Keep us from getting spotted before we want to be. Well, colleagues, now seems to be the moment of decision. How do we plan to do this? In. Grab Carrington. Out. Shooting, if need be. Reluctant as I am to disagree with your tactical planning, I'm not sure that is the wisest idea. Why not? It's what we've always done before. My friend, before we were ten years younger and in fighting shape. I won't speak for any of you, but my joints are not at all loath to remind me of that fact. Oh. I would love to believe that we could still rush in, guns blazing. But I value your lives and mine too much to stake them on it. Will use me. What? How? He doesn't know me. That is, he doesn't know me now. We can use that. I'll... I'll use the fact that I'm family. Peregrination. 
I'll come in as a trader. The Ulko always want to deal for unlocked fabbers. That and bioprinters. We've got one of them on the ship. I think I can convince him I've got more in the hold. So I fly in with a deal, just a solo trader on her ship, show him the printer, get him on the ship to inspect the merchant seal the deal, you spring the trap, quick, efficient, and no one's joints need to worry about anything. That sounds like a remarkably good plan. Too good a plan. You sure you came up with it, Kirsty? Or did you get it from one of those spy hollows? You're still into spy hollows, aren't you? Yes, Luna, I am. And does it matter where the plan came from as long as it works? I mean, no, not really. But I want to make sure I'm grateful to the right person. So which writer do I thank for this one? You don't think I can come up with ideas myself? I'll have you know that one time... There's someone on the comm. Damn it. We should be outside the range. Tarrington must have upgraded the scanners. He's a wanted man. It makes perfect sense that he'd want to be aware of who is coming into his space. Great. It makes sense. It also means we're getting made before we have a chance to actually plan. Shut it, both of you, and keep quiet. Time to turn on the charm. Syracuse Station calling unidentified ship. State your name and business. This is Q7L59 Damocles Trading Vessel. How are you today? State your business. All right, then. I am here to make a deal. I've got some five-star merchandise on board. Peregrination make. Three fabbers, two bioprinters. Got a tip? There might be someone here who'd be interested in making a purchase. This information has been conveyed to the appropriate individuals. Do not bring your ship any closer until instructed. Absolutely. I look forward to trading with you. Friendly lot? Well, I guess now we wait. I just wanted to say that knowing you both has been a pleasure. I am proud of what we've done together, and to call you my friends. Fiku, Lucian. You sound like we're going to our deaths. Right. Well, how about a game of five-card drift? So, are you the person I talked to about the amazing machines I have to offer for you? No. Follow me. Well, I am pleased to meet you anyway. I'm Rosina Jonas' daughter, at your service. Jonas' daughter? You're Perry? You are a well-informed citizen of the system. I do, in fact, have the honor of being born into the traveling fleet. Thought you types kept to yourself. Never heard of a Perry selling their tech to outsiders. We don't, of course, sell it to just any outsiders. <laughs> Surely you're not saying that the people who operate this clearly very productive mining rig are just average individuals. It's quite obvious that they are unique, perhaps even exceptional. I have to talk to the boss about that. Oh, I plan to indeed. Wait here. Of course. Of course. Hello to you, friend. I am Rosina Jonas' daughter, as I imagine your associate has told you, and I am here to offer you the deal of the Quint. Good to meet you, Aldo Duane, owner and manager of Syracuse Mining Station at your service. Nice watch. Not to be rude and jump right into business, but you know how it is with an operation of this size. 
Oh, of course. I imagine you've got so much on your plate. Thank you. Now then, Calm here says you're selling paramachines? I admire a man who knows what he wants. The Fabers are top of the line, up to 1,000 liters of print volume, five axis print arms with auto-exchanging tool heads that can handle spooled, pellet, and powdered materials, plus PNP components. But the real showstopper is the computer at the heart of it, designed from the ground up by family engineers, so there's none of that proprietary DRM rights verification nonsense. It doesn't call home to check your files against the patents database. It doesn't care if you have manufacturer's licenses. You give it a design file and it'll print it. How does that sound for you? What about bioprinters? Oh, they're nothing special. Just 55 liter capacity print bay working at a print rate of 1066 cubic centimeters a minute. Run on just about any grade and M you care to put in them. No need to pre-refine. Full spectrum protein synthesis and lipid generation plus optional vitamin enrichment settings. And an onboard chem lab and recombinant platform. So no limits to the type of life enhancement supplements that they can produce. Really, I'm guaranteed to lose money on this deal. Hmm. I imagine that depends on your selling price. You would be right, of course. I am offering you independence from copyright. How much is that worth to you? Why don't you make me an offer and see if I agree? Uh, yes. Well, it's hard to really set a price for something as... I'm sure you've got a number in mind. 70000 So, are they made of solid rhodium? 30 You did hear me say they're jailbroken. 65 Jailbroke, sure, but you've got three, not two dozen. Forty. I feel as though you aren't taking me seriously with these offers. Fifty-five, and that's my final offer. Fifty-five. Done. Shake on it. What? Hey! Let go! Who are you really? How did you find me? I don't know what you're talking about. I am a trade- ah! Keep lying, and I'll stick this blade straight through your arm. I swear, I'm... Ah! Here I think I'm setting up the tray with a perfectly nice para lady, and it turns out she's beholden to Terra. I don't know what gave you that idea. You're I'm... a mud dog. Don't try to fucking deny it. It's written all over you. I could see you scoping the room over the surveillance cams, and how you risk assessed me as soon as I walked in. You wore your goddamn watch. How stupid do you think I am not to spot Terran soldier training? Stupid enough to come out of hiding, Air Sir Hodge Carrington. Station lockdown. We've got an intruder. Security to me. I'm in pursuit. Change of plans. We got incoming. What happened? What do you think? Something tipped him off. What? Why? How? We don't have time for that right now, Saeed. Take the helm. Get the engine hot. Ready to launch on my mark. Time for us to try plan B. What's plan B? In, grab Carrington, out. Shooting if need be. Oh, right. Of course. Move, Lucien. You're not getting off this station. We've got your ship clamped down. You'll have to rip it apart to launch. Surrender now and maybe we won't kill you. Thanks for the offer, but I think I'll take my chances with the docking rig. Your funeral. Saeed, hit it. Make it look like we're trying to get out. He's right, Kirsty. It'll tear us apart. Trust me, 
I have a plan. Is it better than plan B? Yes! Then I am tentatively in favor. Power down, you'll rip your ship in half. Sure, but I'll take some of your station with me. Think about what you're doing here. There are over 300 people on this station. You really risk all their lives? Why should I care? At least the solar system will be free of a monster. Kirsty, you're bluffing, right? Stop. Kirsty. You're taking this a little bit too far. Fine. I knew you'd make the right choice. Now come out nice and slow. No. What? You're coming in here. What? What? You care so much about these 300 people? You can save them. Put down your weapons and board the ship. We'll take you and fly away. No one here needs to get hurt. <laughs> I don't think you understand who's got the power here. No, I don't think you do. You've got your security team out there with you, right? You think they're loyal? Loyal enough to stand by you even if it means they die? Or do you think maybe they'd be glad to give you up if it meant my ship and the threat go away? You can't think they This is a very large risk you're taking. Well, she was always good at five-card drift. Release the docking clamps, put down your weapons, get on board. Or we could end this the other way. No. All right. Kill the docking locks. Open the hatch. I'm coming in. Welcome aboard the Damocles, Air Sir Carrington. There are some people here who are very eager to see you. Saeed, get us out of here. So, who exactly are you? Thought the brainless hucks that called themselves the governments of terror knew better than to send another soldier after me. Well, didn't you hear what happened to the last pack that thought they were my equals? How I put them down. <laughs> or maybe you're a dog that looks to the gnats, is that it? Your leash getting tugged by a belter? That'll be a foul even for a mud dog. Unfortunately for you, we're all off leash now. Oh. About that last pack of dogs. Seems like you didn't put us down quite as well as you thought. Lucian, why didn't you come out and say hello as well? Oh, I remember you. You're the angry one. And you're the weakling. Feel powerful now, do you? Pointing a weapon at an unarmed man? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> you would. Weak men always need something to hide behind. You were the color Tethys. Tried to make all sorts of trouble. I remember there being more of you. A joker and, of course, your so-called leader. We all know what happened to him. Surprised you didn't go fishing in the black for his freeze-dried corpse and bring him along. We're here to bring you to justice for your crimes against humanity, repeated violations of the Third Geneva Convention, and the series of courts. <laughs> Still a weakling, I see. 
even with a gun. Crimes against humanity. My crimes against so-called humanity were nothing but the necessary purging of the weak and the unfit from the species. I took upon myself the actions which others were far too indecisive to do for the benefit of our descendants and the future of the race. Who let you be the one who got to decide what benefited our race? Who let you cull the entire population of Tethys? You were so worried about the 300 people on your little mining rig? You killed 736 people when you triggered the explosives that breached its hull containment. 736 people, including children. What about their potential benefit to the future of the race? (laughs) Station rats, undesirables, a drain on the system, not an asset. Unlike you, the perfect specimen of humanity. Oh, you did have something else to say. I don't remember you. Stay where you are. Or what, you'll shoot me? Yes. Of course he will. I said stop moving. What, are you scared of me? Not so powerful after all? You heard. Lucian! Oh, God. (laughs) That, children, is why you never put your only weapon in the hands of a coward. The two of you, get over there against the other wall. Away from him, now. He's shot. He needs help. We've got to stop the bleeding. Should have thought of the teeth before you try to catch the wolf. Move. He's going to die if you don't let us help him. Is he now? Well, wouldn't that be a shame? I'm going to... unless you want to join him. What should I do with you now? I could just shoot you. Doesn't sound good? I suppose I could take you back to Syracuse, put you to work. You look like strong ladies. I'm sure you'd be valuable assets to the methane refineries. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be so stupid as to turn my back on a potential enemy just because they aren't in a position to hurt me. Hmm. I'm sure I can come up with a perfect. I know. It's so obvious. I don't know why I didn't think of it first. Go over to the airlock with both of you. You, open it. Now, both of you, get in. This is just poetic. Two of you going the same way as your commander, as the station trash at Little Tethys. I couldn't have thought a more suitable end for you. Any last words? I think I can hear you through the airlock door. No? Well then. What? Who? How? Never turn your back on an enemy just because you think they aren't in a position to hurt you. Lucian, how dare you? I thought... I thought I was as well. What in the hell is that? A knife? Knife? It's got a six-inch blade. When did you get that thing? Where the hell were you keeping it? A smart woman once told me that just because I sat behind a desk all day doesn't mean I shouldn't be ready for action. Never let it be said I do not listen to good advice when given it. And I'm out. What? How? 
I took the lost drift. <laughs> She's been hoarding spades for four hands. For a tactician, you're certainly unobservant when it comes to cards. I swear she's cheating. You're cheating. You're just angry you don't have my skill. Now pay up. What are you going to do with them anyway? You have no idea how hard it is to get new recipes out here. Much less authentic Terran ones. Everyone on the Endure is going to be praising you and your grandma for years. What are you doing, Lucian? You've been staring at the terminal like you expected to do tricks. Oh, uh, just attempting to stay abreast of my grading. There's no reason my unexpected sabbatical should put my students' educations behind. Sabbatical? The, the university gives me a stipend for sabbaticals to expand my academic horizons and broaden my knowledge. Two years ago, I went on a walking tour of former fossil fuel excavation sites in the southwestern United States. It was really quite remarkable how large some of those facilities... <laughs> We're done, aren't we? Really done. We've gotten justice. Benev. Vatethis. I... lived with it for so long. That uncertainty. Knowing Carrington was out there. Had gotten away with it. I guess I never really thought about how I'd feel, if we actually found him. What would happen when it was over? Kind of a letdown, isn't it? Like, he's dead. Now what? Now what, indeed? I don't have anything else, now that this is over. What? There's nothing for me, back on Terra. Anywhere. You didn't get permission, did you? From the Navy? to come after him. I couldn't take the time, put in a request, wait for it to be received, fill out the paperwork, wait for it to be processed. By the time everything got approved, he might have gone to ground again. We might have lost him. So you took off? Yeah. I'd read that Terran military is no longer prosecuted. What, was it absent without leaves? That with the low enlistment rate, they're more concerned with retention. Surely you can return to your... office? And tell them- I'm considered a risk to national security. A governmental asset with the strategic plans of an entire department in her head doesn't just get to take a week's vacation and then waltz back into her office. I'm looking at jail time. If you go back. What else is there for me to do? I knew what I was getting into when I left. It was worth it. Come with me. To the Endure above all. What? You said it yourself. There is nothing for you on Terra except spending your twilight years sitting useless in some cell. So don't come back. Come with me. There's always more work on a ship than there are hands to do it. Can you just do that? Isn't that against the law? Against Terran law. I can't. Of course you can. Anyways, what's one more Terran refugee to the family? But... Do you want to go back? No, but... Is there any reason you should? And don't tell me you're honor-bound. There's nothing honorable in being locked up for doing what was right. I guess. If you have an actual, logical objection, I'm listening. Good. 
Then it settled. You'll have to share my cabin for a while, till you're established. That's all right. Kirsty, this is... Oh, you better keep your space cleaner than you did back in the day. I am not sleeping next to your dirty socks. Thank you. Now you just have to decide if you want to get married or adopted. (laughs) (laughs) But don't think this means you get off easy, Lucian. If you let another ten years go by without talking to me... I wouldn't dare. So, that's really it then. That's it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Breathing Space, Fading Frontier. This episode, Oh Beautiful for Heroes Proved, was written and directed by Lisa Guente and edited by Eric Guente. Lucien Syed was voiced by Adam Morton. Brando Finn was voiced by Sonny Costa. L. Rademacher was voiced by Cam Clark. Luna Beck was voiced by Shannon Roby. Helen Namid's daughter was voiced by Paige Elena. Kirsty Victorskin was voiced by Alice Kira. Hodge Carrington was voiced by Scott Paladin, with additional voice work by Kristen Allison. Our theme, Blues for the Black, was composed by Michael Frotog with vocals by Jeremiah and lyrics by Scott Paladin. You can find links to learn more about our cast and crew in the show notes and more information about our show at our website, breathingspace.lawofnames.com. Breathing Space, Fade and Frontier is a Law of Names production. <laughs>